the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Vishali Shah. Vishali is a student in our full-time MBA class of 2023, and she and I recently connected to talk more about her MBA journey. Vishali and I talk about her decision to pursue an MBA, how she learned about Darden, what her first year has been like, her plans for the summer, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Kashali Shah. Kashali, welcome to the podcast. Hi, happy to be here. Well, it's great to talk with you. How are you doing? How's everything? I'm doing good. The weather's really amazing, so it's been phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it is a beautiful day. Now, I'm sitting here in the Washington, D.C. metro. Uh, you're in Charlottesville, correct? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Well, late April... Uh, when we're recording this, uh, May or so, that, it's always a beautiful time in Charlottesville. All the all the flowers are, are flowering. The trees are, are really green. It's uh, a great time to appreciate all the incredible nature in Charlottesville. Really, like it's really amazing. I went to a winery yesterday and it was so beautiful. Like I saw the sunset and it was just amazing. Yeah, this is the season of like sunsets at wineries, orchards, breweries, any any number of things. It's it's one of the many perks of being in the Charlottesville Metro for your business school experience. So um, let's talk a little bit more about you and your background. So um, one of the things that's always fun to start with is just understand, you know, what did you do uh, before coming to Darton? Yeah. So, well, I actually come from family of physicians. So my dad's a doctor, my sister's also a doctor, and my mom is like in hospital administration. So I came from an entire family in medical services. And I was the one who was like, no, I'm not gonna do this. I'm gonna do something else. So I loved math and all the logical part and puzzles. So I was of that kind and I decided to go into engineering. So I did computer engineering for my undergrad back in India. And after that, I wanted to join like a dynamic field. So I went into the financial services industry, but I worked as a software engineer. Uh, And about like three, three and a half years, I worked with uh, Disha, which is a global hedge fund. And um, I worked with them for internal and external clients. And I learned a lot along the way. And I kind of started feeling that I was interested a lot more in financial services. So I started digging down there. I took a couple certification courses. I started making my way from just the tech side to the financial side. So I worked in business unit facing groups. From there, I moved on into like a smaller financial services firm. And I tried experimenting. I'm like, do I like this field? Do I not like this field? But eventually I realized that I actually enjoyed all the management aspect more. Like I was just trying to figure out better ways to do things, drive improvements and all of that. And I was like, okay, it, it seems a lot more like rather than the like rather than just uh, the field itself, I'm interested a lot more in the managerial part. And that's when I decided that I actually wanted to do an MBA and just improve a lot on those skills. And I started making this entire plan about how am I going to apply to business schools? Like, what's the journey going to look like? Which schools do I want to target? And that's been that's been all of my background so far. <laughs> Was it difficult to move from the tech side to the, the financial or management side? It's honestly, it's been tough. But what helped me was that I wasn't a tech role, but in a fintech firm. So it was easier for me to say that I wanted to try something uh, 
in the financial on the financial side and pursue like an internal shift. So that's what I did. I just moved from a tech team to a financial services team. But moving outside the firm was a bigger challenge. But uh, what I did was I tried to move from a bigger firm to a smaller firm because I knew that smaller firms would be open to trying uh, letting people try something else. So I just did that and it really helped me. I used some of my own connections to do that as well. And I just got a, a job there and I worked there for a while. So you mentioned this operations focus, trying to improve things, bringing efficiency. Is that something that you've always been good at or you've always enjoyed? Honestly, yes. That's been something I've done everywhere, but I never realized that I'd been doing it till I actually looked back at one point and started started figuring out what was the theme that I'd followed so far. So even when I worked in the tech team, uh, what I used to do was just observe how all the users were working with the system and see if there was a better way of doing it. Because I think they'd become like, they'd been doing it forever, so they didn't really uh, realize that this was bothering them till somebody asked them just like, hey, do you think this is bothering you? And they're like, yeah, you know what? I've been doing this forever, but I never questioned this. But if there is a better way of doing this, please let me know. So just figuring out those efficiencies, um, I I drew a lot of passion and a lot of energy from that. So I just started pushing a lot on that side. And every time I did something, like my manager used to say, uh, as a as a software engineer, like your job is to like whatever piece you touch, you should leave it in a better position than it was than it was before. So that I took that to heart, and I always tried to improve whatever I could see around me, um, and I just continued doing that forever. <laughs> One of the things that struck me about your MBA journey is that you developed a plan for how you're going to approach this. That feels like a very engineering way to, to think about things, to kind of process map it out. Um, yeah. <laughs> would it tell, tell us a little bit more what, about what that plan looked like. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. So uh, actually it started when I was an undergrad, I definitely knew that uh, one degree is not going to be enough for me. I definitely want to go and get another one. So I had this MBA plan somewhere in the background, but I never really focused that much on it. Um, and after I moved into software engineering and I realized that, you know, I like it, but still feel like this is not enough. I'm, I'm missing something. I'm missing like a major piece. So I slowly this plan that was in the background started coming in the foreground and I'm like, okay, I need to figure out what I like, where I want to move and decide how I'm going to get there. So my plan started pretty much from, I think six months into my first job, I was like, no, I want to start planning because I've always been a planner, honestly. And so has been the entire story in my family. So I started planning and I'm like, okay, I think I'm interested a little bit on the financial side. So what I'm gonna do is use all the opportunities I have here. So I'm in this team, I'm gonna learn as much as I can about this business. If I like it, I'm gonna do some certifications. If I like that, then I'm gonna go and pursue an internal shift. If I like that, then I'm gonna go and switch firms. So that's what I did. And I realized that this was really amazing, but I also realized that it was hard to make a shift, especially when you did not have the background. So I was learning everything on the go, but I never had formal education in the financial services itself, uh, which is when I realized that you definitely need the MBA to actually just change these kind of careers and be taken really seriously. So that's when I started doing my MBA planning and I worked with a consultant, uh, with an admissions consultant, and I started planning I think the first time I was going to apply was in 2018. 
And then I decided that, no, this doesn't look like the right time. I feel a lot is missing. So I, I worked on the entire thing for over a year. I started to apply in 2019. And I think uh, that's when I did apply. I got my admission in 2020. And because 2020 was a nightmare, I ended up taking a DEFRA at Arden. Um, and then I waited for another year and I joined in 2021. So if you see, it's been a journey that's actually started in 2016 and it's 2022 right now. <laughs> well, I think that's good for prospective students to hear that because I think many of them probably have been thinking about this step for a while and trying to figure out the timing when it makes sense. Now, you also, like many of our applicants were, you know, started to think about this pre-pandemic and now, you know, your your timeline ultimately intersected uh, with the global pandemic. I, yeah. I, undoubtedly, that may have shifted uh, some things for you as, as you thought about uh, this path. But I wonder, how did you decide, like, now is the time for me to take this step? This is when I feel like this will have a lot of impact for me. Yeah, so uh, like I was saying, because I did um, because I did not have formal education and I was trying to do all the shifts myself, what was happening was like all the growth was really slow. Like every time I had to reach out to people, try to understand things. So I felt pretty stuck and I was like, I, even if I don't get a formal education, I can make my way, but it's going to take me much longer than I than if I actually make a shift and just try, like, sorry, um, if I actually go to business school, learn all the skills, like develop myself, um, and that's going to help me, uh, that's going to push me forward a lot. So that's what I ended up doing. And there were a lot of things I wanted to work on, like, I wanted to work on my speaking skills. I wanted to work on having the confidence to say whatever you think is right. So I thought a lot of these things are actually uh, skills that I can develop at business school, uh, which is what's been happening, honestly. So I'm pretty amazed and excited about what's to come in the next year. Well, how did Darden get on your radar? Okay, so funny story. Um, when I so I, I told you right, I was working with an admissions consultant, and I was going to apply to five business schools. Um, Darden was not on that list for me, so I had different schools, and I was talking to my admissions consultant, and I'm like, I, I just heard about Darden from somebody, and I just asked him, I'm like, I haven't had the time to research this the school, but somebody's mentioned Darden. Like, what do you think about the school? And he just goes ahead and he tells me, he's like, I didn't mention the school to you, but this is a pretty amazing one. Like, take the day off, research everything about the school and tell me what you think tomorrow. I just went to Darden's website. So I've always been the research person. I just go ahead and I find out everything I can about somebody. So I went ahead and I found out everything about Darden. And I was like, you know what? This is the first, this is the top, top school on my list. I want to apply to this. And I definitely, I just want to get into this. So I was like, after my, that's how Darden got on my radar. There's not, not a, a huge, like there wasn't a huge, a huge presence of Darden back in India, but I think now it's improving a lot. And when I actually interviewed at Darden, uh, I thought that my interview didn't go really well. Like I thought it was okay because there were some tech issues and it was a little troublesome. And I honestly thought I bombed the interview, so it wasn't going to be great. And I wasn't feeling good about it. Like, um, I just kept thinking about, oh my God, I could have done this better. This is not right. That is not right. And I was like, this is the one school I really wanted to get into and nothing's going well. And then uh, a couple of months later, somebody called me in the middle of the night saying, hey, you got your admission. And I was so excited. I 
I was staying home then. I woke everyone up in my house and I was like, time to celebrate. I got into Darden. I got into the scholarship. It's amazing. Uh, there's nothing else I could have wanted anymore. <laughs> I love that story. Uh, you're right for applicants that after you've interviewed, that waiting period when you're just hanging oh. out, <laughs> waiting for the decision, uh, we know that that is a stressful time for applicants yeah. because all the things that you had control over, they're kind of in your rearview mirror. Uh, yeah. you know, the application, how you approach the application process. If you're invited for an interview, participate in an interview, you know, that interview, now you're just waiting and waiting yeah. for an update and a phone call. You know, if you're the way that our process works, that if you're admitted, you'll get an offer call uh, typically yeah. right around the time of that decision release date. So we know that can be really a stressful and anxious time for applicants, but that is a, that is a great story. Um, yeah. So, were you, I assume that your family was really excited for you. Did they know much about Charlottesville or know much about UVA by that point? They didn't know much about it. So, but the, the only way they knew about Charlottesville was my uh, my mom's second cousin's daughter lives here. So that's the only way we knew about Charlottesville. But we didn't know much about it. Neither did I. And I was like, okay, where is Charlottesville now? <laughs> but yeah, uh, and you're uh -huh. right. The waiting period was actually um, tough. And I remember being awake. Like pretty much every night I used to wake up at like 3 a.m. and just check my phone. Did anybody leave me an email? Did somebody try to call me? So I used to pick up all spam calls, everything, because I didn't know which one was not spam. Uh, I also gave uh, my um, email accounts login to my sister who, who stays in the U.S. And I'm like, I'm going to monitor this in the day. Can you monitor it for me during India time night? Because I like I can't sleep because I'm really nervous about what's happening. <laughs> Wow, I love that. 24-hour yeah. email monitoring. <laughs> we had all coverage. <laughs> so had you spent much time in the U.S. before coming to business school? Was that was that a change for you? Uh, I've not spent a lot of time in U.S. I'd visited U.S. twice before because, like I said, my elder sister lives here. Um, I've just been on like family vacations, and I really love this place. And I've talked to my sister a lot about working here and she's been pretty happy doing that so that was one of the other reasons I wanted to be here as well and I've always heard so much about the education in US which is pretty different from the education in India like now that I've been in the system as well I could say it's really different and it pushes you in different ways uh, and that helps you develop overall as a person so yeah uh, I didn't know much about US but I always wanted to be in US. All right so you moved to Charlottesville uh, what were those first few weeks and months like? Um, for the first few weeks, I really couldn't believe that I made it here because, like I said, I applied in, I got my admission offer in pandemic, and I'd actually quit my job right before the pandemic started, and I just didn't know what to do anymore. So nothing was going according to plan. I had to find another job. I had to take a deferral, like pretty much. I think I took my deferral in the beginning of August. So that late. Um, and then I didn't know I'm, if I'm going to get a visa or not, if I'm going to make it here and I'm going to make it here safely and not get COVID. So I just didn't know anything at all. Um, so finally, when I made it here, for, it took me a couple of weeks to kind of get into this that, yeah, okay, I made it here. Now what? And I hadn't really planned about the now what because I was just busy planning how am I going to get there. That was my first goal. Um, and it was a little bit difficult because you're shifting from a professional life to uh, academics again. And it can feel like a little bit of a shock. 
uh, especially when you're coming away from family as well. I haven't been this like I've been um, in the same country, but I haven't been this far away from them and not have seen them for like eight, 10 months now. So it was a little bit hard and I knew I'd be missing out a lot back home, but I didn't know how much. And in the first month that I was here, uh, my my grandmother passed away. And it was so hard because that's when it really hit me that, you know, you're not going to be able to be home for everything. And there, there will, like, I always knew that was true, but you never know till you act, till that actually happens. So it was a tough time, but there were there was a lot of support around. There were a lot of people around. So it kind of helped me get through that. And I feel like getting through that made me a lot stronger. That's a lot to take on um, while yeah. you're starting an MBA program. Um, and also that realization that you're not going to be able to be around for everything. I imagine that's something that many of our other international students have also had to reckon with. You know, life does not stop just because you're in an MBA program. Yeah, it's difficult. Like um, just two months ago, my dad had to go undergo surgery and I still wasn't there. Um, and there was nothing I could have done to help them either. But um, like I... I see that that's one th one thing that you're missing out on, but I also feel like it makes some relations stronger because when I was in India, I used to stay in Hyderabad and my parents were in Gujarat. So it's like west uh, on the west and I was in the south. So we used to talk, but um, I mean, we didn't talk that, like we talked frequently, but the quality of conversations now, I feel like it has changed a lot more. I talk to them for shorter duration, but I talk to them about the quality of it has all gone up a lot. And I've, I don't feel like I've grown apart. I feel like I've grown closer. So I look at things differently. And now they think about me differently as well. So initially, uh, when my dad underwent surgery, so they didn't call me to tell me that, you know, your dad has to undergo surgery. They were worried that I would be stressed. So they called me after the surgery saying, oh, uh, this happened and I know you'll be mad, but we just didn't want to stress you out. And I I knew it would have been hard for them um, not having me or my sister there. And I knew it was a tough time for them. So I really took it positively and I was like, no, it's fine. I totally get that. And you just, you should know that if you need anything at any point of time, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be worried that I would be stressed. You should just reach out because my sister and I would support you in any way we could. And they were really amazed at how much I changed in the last eight months and uh, how differently I took things. So I think we've all grown. <laughs> well, you talked about the support that you had around you as you mm -hmm. navigated these uh, first couple months and, and personal you know, life developments. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what that was like, You know, joining a new community, finding yourself at, at the Darden School of Business? Yeah. Um, what did that support look like? Yeah, so it was a little bit hard because um, as an international student, you tend to gravitate a lot more towards people who look like you, who know you. So initially, I found a lot of comfort there, but I also knew I came to business school to push myself. So I started meeting everyone around me, reaching out to people. And the more I did that, I realized that, you know, everyone is really open and they want to get to know you. It's just about somebody taking that first step. So I started reaching out to a lot of people. There were times when just the people around me wasn't enough. I wanted to talk to somebody who did not even know me at all. So I kind of wanted to give out a, give a shout out to Timely Health. I've called them at times and just went it out or just told them everything that I'd been feeling. They've been super supportive as well. 
Um, I also remember there was this one checking with the Office of Student Affairs and they just wanted to do like a pulse check and understand what's going on and if there's anything they could help with, kind of get feedback on academics or if something could have been planned better. And I just started talking to them about how I feel like I have friends, but maybe I don't have those connections. And they made me they made me understand and just made me feel okay that you know it's okay everything takes time and everyone forms friends differently somebody clicks right away and for other people it just takes time to form connections and that's totally okay like just feel comfortable in your own skin and how you do things and you'll be totally fine so i felt like there was a lot of support around it was just about reaching out so i started doing that and i've been feeling a lot better um, Q1 versus Q2 has been super different for me. And I think it's been an upwards journey from Q2. <laughs> what do you consider, you know, your success stories from, from this year? That sounds like one of them, right? This kind of journey of making these connections and reaching out. Are there any things like when you look at that back on, you know, where you started to where you are now, you're like, gosh, I can't believe this, or I'm so proud of this. Um, anything along those lines? Yeah. So like I told you, I... I had this fear of speaking up. I found a lot of, I found that I wouldn't be able to do that. I always thought I wouldn't be able to do that, but um, coming to Darden and having to speak in classrooms because your grade was tied to that, that kind of gave me some push and I started speaking a little more. Um, and rather than speaking, I started asking questions in class. And that was genuinely because I did not understand what, what was going on. And I thought I'm just gonna ask because I just don't understand. And I did not know how many people around me had the same questions as well. And they were afraid of speaking up and they wouldn't ask those questions. So I was in section D and we had this tradition of, uh, we had this little D, the alphabet, and we would pass it around every week for uh, to people who did something in class or something that just somebody admires. And um, I think the third or the fourth week of classes, I, I was given that letter because I'd been asking questions. And they said that you asked really amazing questions and it answers so many things that people around you are thinking about any which way. So that's when I actually started realizing that, you know, somebody values what I have to say, which also means that I have, I, I, I'm valued here and I should speak up more. So I started taking, um, taking up space and kind of speaking what I thought uh, was important for the class to hear. And I think that was one of the times that I remember to this day. It was the fourth week, but I still remember it. That's such a great, uh, great story, Kashali. And I think that's really one of the journeys that many of our students are on, right? Yeah. You are, you're in an environment where you're really challenged to, to speak up and participate in, in class. For some students, that may be very natural. I think for many of our students, they're here because that might not necessarily be the most natural or comfortable uh, yeah. thing for them somewhat similar to what what you shared here and um i'm i'm, I'm really appreciative of your your being open and, and vulnerable in that way because i think it's really important for prospective students to hear like look yeah. i didn't i didn't show up just you know ready and ready to speak in class and kind of you know do all do all of this i had to had to work my way there and yeah. figure out how i contribute and and my classmates were part of that journey too the feedback yeah. that i got from them and honestly everyone finds their voice in a different way so it's not like i speak in every class but there are some classes in which i'm in like total absorption mode because i really am learning there and my contribution comes up after like half the half the quarter is done and i'm like 
okay now i understand now i can contribute in some classes it's uh, you take another role like you know more so the quant classes because of my engineering background it's easy for me to catch up um so i take another role in those classes and i help people around me so when they have questions i i help them answer question answer those questions and in other classes you're just like at a middle ground you know enough but you don't know enough so you just part like you just say what's on your mind you have questions you have comments um you just say it out um so just take you have to take a different role in every class and it's totally fine um it takes time for some people it's it takes sh a short time some people it takes a longer time it's different for international and domestic students but everyone finds their own voice it just takes time yeah you're right to note that, that people are coming from all around the world that's one of the incredible things uh, about uh the MBA program here at the Jordan School of Business all 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 kinds of people from all over the world and um for many students i think the learning environment is new it's different yeah. than than what they knew maybe in their home country maybe in a prior educational experience so there's that adjustment too yeah like when i started in india classes were not participatory at all it was more lecture based so when i came here and i had to speak up i was it was a big adjustment i didn't know what to speak and it's a really different uh, story as well in india like I pretty much used to speak in if if I'm ever answering a question I would be I would speak only if I were like a 99% sure that I'm right but coming here and seeing people around me speak up even when like speak up and be wrong and be and everyone in the class be okay about it that also made me realize it's completely fine to be wrong and such amazing conversations came out of that because people had like terrible answers to something and that just made me feel comfortable that you know you can say whatever you feel like saying it's okay well, let's talk about your career goals and interests mm -hmm. did did those evolve did they change during your time at darden I'm curious about they that. They definitely did. So, uh, like I said, I applied to business school with the idea that I wanted to uh, work on the financial services side. So I wanted to be an investment manager. And um, after, like, when I took the deferral, I had a year off, and I'd already quit my job. So I was trying to find something else. And one of my Darden connections, they actually told me about a startup. So I they said that there's this product management role in the startup. Do you want to try this out? And I had nothing else to do, so I was like, sure, why not? I'm just gonna take whatever I whatever I can make of this break. Uh, I took that role up, and I actually enjoyed that a lot. So I worked with really diverse teams. People were all around the world. They were working remotely. Um, because it was a startup, things weren't super defined, so you could take it however you wanted. And that's when i actually realized that i like product management as well i just hadn't given it a shot um so when i came to darden i recruited for product management as well and i in the summer i'm actually doing a technology product management role at walmart so just life throws different things at you you just try to make the best of it you can and things just work out <laughs> Yeah, because I, I was expecting you to say, "Oh, financial services" or something yeah. like that, and, <laughs> and and here you are moving into a tech role. Um, yeah. Where will you be? Where will you be this summer? Will you uh, be located um, in Arkansas? I mean, where where do you where will you work out of as in, in uh, that role? Yeah, so I'll be in California. I always wanted to live in California, and I'll be in Sunnyvale this summer. Um, I actually, when I came to US with my, like I was saying, I came to US with my parents for a vacation, and we went to San Francisco as one of our trips. It was pretty amazing, and I wanted to live there. 
so at least I'll be closer. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, it's a it's a beautiful part of the country, and uh, it'll be fun uh, to live out there. I imagine maybe you have some Darden classmates heading that way too. I know the Bay Area, California, yeah. has become an increasingly popular destination for Darden yeah. graduates. Yeah. Plus, uh, because I did engineering for my undergrad. A lot of my friends who actually made it to US are pretty much all on the West Coast. So I have grads, uh, gr friends from graduate school and from undergrad, everyone being there. So I already know so many people over there and it's just amazing. I was um, in the Bay Area this winter break. I spent the entire winter break there and it was just amazing. I love the weather there. I love that there is so much to do in the Bay Area as well. And I've never been to Disneyland. I want to go to Disneyland. So that's one of my one thing on my bucket list. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, one of the things that we talk about here on the podcast a lot as people are kind of moving from their first year into their second year, which is very much where you are. You're, you're in quarter mm -hmm. four of your, of your first year. Um, sorry to take electives. Are, are there any classes that you really enjoyed here in quarter four that, that stand out to you? Yeah, so I've been taking, I tried to take every course that I thought was interesting. And I've been taking Paths to Power, uh, Data Visualization, um, Valuations, and uh, IDEA, which is like design thinking. And I actually enjoy a lot of these courses. Like I took Paths to Power because I thought it's going to challenge me a lot. And I've always been the one who keeps thinking that the world is really idealistic but then it's not, and I always struggle. So I wanted a course that would challenge me to think very differently, and the course has done that. So I kind of have a love-hate relationship with that course, but I, I really enjoy it. <laughs> and data visualization, like it, it's just really nice for my engineering brain because I get to use all the data and put it into something that makes sense to everybody else. So these are the two courses that have been super interesting. Also design thinking, I feel like that's amazing. <laughs> I also feel like design thinking might be something that's very helpful to you yeah. in the summer as you move yeah. into that role. Yeah, um, I've, I've been doing some of these aspects on my own, but doing it in a structured manner. I, like I said, I like planning, so it just helps me. <laughs> well, what are you looking forward to in your second year? I think one of the things that's also cool about Darden is the extent to which second year students really play a significant role in shaping the life of the Darden community, all the things happening on ground. Second years are, are really, you know, leaders of the campus community. Yeah. So there are a lot of things that I'm looking forward to in the second year. And in the first year, I felt like there was so much going on. I had recruiting, I had academics, I was adjusting. So I did not have as much time as I wanted to be, to wanted to be involved in the community. So I want to actually put more focus on doing that uh, in second year. And there are so many amazing people around me. Like everyone I talk to is just amazing. So I just want to spend more time there. I've taken up a couple of uh, leadership roles and I'm super excited to really figure out how a board works. So I am the VP of International for the Graduate Women in Business Club. And I'm also, I was a 40 fellow. So I'm now a 40 fellow ambassador as well. So that's an amazing thing because I felt 40 had a lot to offer to me and helping the incoming batch of Darden and the existing batch of Darden as well, and Forte kind of achieve their own goals. I feel if I can facilitate that, that's amazing. And I also took on one of the student ambassador positions. So I love connecting with incoming students and telling them how I've done things and how, what has helped me, what has not helped me, because uh, I feel like all the secondary learning is as important as figuring out your own way. And why not learn from somebody else who already knows <laughs> about it? 
So I've been taking on these roles and um, I feel there's a lot to do. Like I've, I've had an amazing journey at school, so I just want to make it really great for everyone else. So how did you decide, you know, you mentioned this connection with the Forte Foundation and that you were a Forte Fellow. Um, what to you, I mean, when you think about that role as a Forte Ambassador is, is really exciting um, to you, you know, what are you looking forward to in, in that role? Yeah, so when I uh, I attended the 40 conferences, they had some over the summer. Um, I had the opportunity to actually reach out to recruiters really early, and 40 has things. 40 does a lot of things, so it's not just um, connecting with the. Um, like connecting with companies, but they also help you understand yourself more. So they did this quiz um, just a couple of months back, and it was about understanding what you're good at, figuring out what is your personality type, figuring out what are the skills you can leverage and what you should watch out for. And I feel like there's a lot on the personality development side as well that they're doing. Um, and there's a lot that goes on, but I feel like during the summer, I, I feel like summer is a pretty underrated period. You can do a lot more things in the summer itself. I'm not, not to overwhelm anybody, but I feel like that you can take it lightly, but you can still do a lot of things, which is something that Forte facilitates. So it's kind of like on the, like it's merging my idea of wanting to connect with uh, incoming students and also wanting to do something for them. So I just like that aspect of Forte a lot which is why I decided to be in this role. And for people who don't know about the Forte uh, Foundation yet, um, any next steps that you found helpful as you were learning about this? I'm guessing that you maybe didn't know a ton about it as you were starting off on your MBA journey, but it, it hit your radar at some point. What would you encourage them to do? Yeah, so I didn't know about Forte till it was actually a part of my scholarship as well. Um, I started learning about what Forte is, what Forte does, what do they have, and there's a lot that goes on. And I think you can also be a part of, I am not sure about this, but I think you can also be a part of Forte without the scholarship itself. And they they have a lot of offerings. And as much as I know, Forte is trying to expand a lot. So they've had a lot of uh, pre-recruit, like, pre-MBA support, but they're now trying to increase their support uh, during the MBA period as well. So coming into first year, they would still have a lot to offer, um, which is something I'm really excited about. And I would say it's an amazing community. You can meet a lot of people and they've been, they started to actually collaborate across schools as well. So they put um, leadership, like the graduate women in business club from different schools together, because right now it's like I talk to the club at my school, but I don't know what's going on in another one. What they're doing is now connecting people across schools and saying, hey, why don't you guys discuss about what's worked for you, what's not? And why don't you think about um, just learning from each other? And that I think is pretty powerful because I wouldn't otherwise have known what's happening at other schools and how I can leverage that to make a change here. So I think there's a lot coming on uh, on Forte's side and we should just watch out for that. <laughs> Well, you're, a couple things to know. The Forte Foundation Darden has been a Forte partner for a very long time. And all women at the Darden School of Business uh, have access to Forte premium membership uh, through the Forte Foundation as uh, sort of by virtue of Darden's partnership with Forte. You mentioned that there's a lot of pre-MBA resources, what's called a Forte Launch uh, Program. As people investigate MBA options, think about what format, what schools might be of interest uh, to them. And then, you know, once, if you're admitted, you know, once you begin that sort of 
pre-matriculation process. There's a lot going on. And it's great to hear, Kashali, from you about all the things that are happening for people, even while they're in uh, in a program, uh, post-matriculation. Uh, so a, a very robust set of resources for, for folks through the Forte Foundation. So I encourage you to do to do that research. Look up Forte online. Uh, yeah. there's, there's a lot there. They're also adding, I think, Forte Takeoff. So I think that's a new program that's coming in this year. And it includes a lot of uh, figuring out what are the gaps in your profile, uh, which appear when you want to get into an industry and what can you do about those as well. So I feel that's pretty powerful as well. An incredible resource for women you know, considering business school and, and thinking about taking this step. Well, last question for you here, Shali, as we <laughs> wrap up. Any word of advice, a tip you would share with our prospective student listeners? Yeah, for sure. Um, I talked to an admitted student recently and I realized what their concerns are. And one of the things I hear frequently is that people feel really overwhelmed after being admitted and kind of hearing that there's so much going on at Darden and how the, how do I know how I'm going to do everything at everything together? I'll just say, take the summer to calm down, but also figure out what you want to do when you get to Darden. So I'm not saying figure out exactly what you want to do, but figure out what what is your plan like what are the three things three industries you want to explore that's fine just do that get to darden don't feel overwhelmed everyone around you like trust me everyone around you feels the same way and there's going to be a lot of support when you come here and you're going to figure out your way it's going to be fine and you're going to grow much stronger um I've learned from my own experience and I've seen um, this happen with others around me. So I'd say just take a moment to breathe and prepare and you'll be fine. You'll be amazing. <laughs> That's incredible advice. I think it's really important for people to, to remember that and, and you know, self-investigation, the reflection and being clear about what your priorities are. Uh, this has come up quite a bit here on the podcast from students sharing tips because I think you're right that the early part of school at first quarter, there's so much happening academically, professionally, socially, so much opportunity. You can feel pulled in a lot of different directions, which can cause some stress uh, for students. And so being very clear about what's important to you and recognizing that your priorities uh, are not other people's priorities and don't have to be other people's priorities because they're, they're yours. You know, taking that time in the summer when things are a little bit slower, you're kind of in that build up to school uh, that's great advice. And there's resources to help you along the way. The career team has what's called CDY finding, an online self-paced series of, of career-focused modules, begin sort of getting you engaged around what would you like to do career-wise? And I, I think that's really important work for incoming students, Kashali, because I think the thing that it invariably happens when people get here, they're like, there are so many things I could do. There's so many briefings. There's so many, you know, companies uh, coming, coming to grounds or connecting with students, whatever the case may be. And it can just feel like a lot. So that, that yeah. kind of narrowing and sort of focusing, but also still being open at the same time can yeah. be really, really helpful. Yeah. So when I came, I came with like three career ideas and I knew that I want, wanted to explore these three. And um, it I think it helped me a lot because every time something else came up, I, was, I would probably investigate a little bit and see if I, if I, if I really like that, but otherwise I was like, no, I'm just, I have these, this plan, I'm going to stick to it. So that helped me a lot. And I think another thing that helped me a lot was Darden. So Darden actually, because they don't have companies coming in for the first three weeks, it helped me settle in a lot. 
I could find my way around like how do I make academics work in its uh, work academics and social life work together and then add recruiting on top of it so that helped as well um and just overall there's a lot of support around <laughs> well Kashali it's so great catching up with you congratulations on a, on a very successful first year and have a great time in California this summer that sounds like an amazing role and it sounds like you have a very exciting summer in store yeah, well, thank you so much. It was so great to be here. And that was my interview with Kashali Shah, a student in our full-time MBA class of 2023. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.